President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense Podcast. Thank you, Daniel Ezekiel. Appreciate it. Episode number 1013 <clears throat> where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible knowledge commentary and or the Matthew Henry commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. God has blessed this generation with great tools Some 40 years ago, we had to carry a whole bunch of books around. And now you can go online and get everything you need. By the way, write this down. Write this down. I need to. Daniel Ezekiel, write this down. We need to contact. That organization out in Washington State. I, I don't want to say their name right now, and I probably can't. <laughs> um, they have a Greek name, so remind me to contact them on Monday. Um, very gifted group of people. Anyway, this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them, the people that is, to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and that everybody would get saved from the burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the most loving the most magnificent and the most important words in the history of the world to mankind for he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
And so, dear friend, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior in the free pardon of your sins, may I introduce you to him. May I preach the good news to you, the gospel, so that you can understand how to be saved from the burning hell. by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. This is truth. This is the really real. This is a reality. And all you need to do is have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said to do. For whosoever, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, call on his name, pray the sinner's prayer, And ask him to save your soul. For Jesus Christ said, God so loved the world. That's the motivation behind this salvation. God, it originated with God. God loves you even though you have failed him by sinning against him, by breaking the Ten Commandments of God. For the Bible says we all have sinned, pardon me, and come short of the glory of God. We have fallen short of his glory, of his standard, his holiness. And God is God, God is good, and God is love. And he wants us to be holy like he is, he created us. The Holy Word of God says, Be ye holy as I am holy. And we are not holy, are we? Will you shame the devil and tell the truth? You're not holy. No matter how beautiful you are, how many of you, male and female, how many of you know beautiful women, out of this world beauty, but they're wicked and they're evil, the wicked sinners and liars and disobedient. How many of you know men who look handsome in the eyes of women? Great, Tom Selleck-like, 
but they're wicked and they're evil, debauched, with no character. We, and just like we defile ourselves with sin and make ourselves look ugly in the sight of others, we have defiled this earth. And so we don't even see the beauty of it as we should because of our own inner sin, our sinful nature, our corrupt nature, our depraved nature. Don't put it past anybody to do anything evil and ungodly. In fact, Jesus Christ said, we love darkness more than we love light. All creeping for the most part, committing of adultery and fornication is done in the nighttime. All clubbing for the most part with lust and evil and uh, wickedness and murder happens at night for the most part. It's getting worse now because people are doing it in the daytime. One lady said last night on a news program, a black lady, she says, living in her neighborhood, she dare not go out at night. She, she, she waits for the daytime to go outside, to do anything. And, and, and she said, you still have to be careful then. We have sinned against God. We have come short of His lighted glory. And uh, the wages, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> we die because of our wicked sins, lying, stealing. What the Bible calls purloining. You know, you... You may not uh, go rob a diamond store, but you'll rob your husband or you'll rob your family of what you think are little things. And then lying about it. There's no small sin in God's sight. God is disgusted with sin. The Bible says God is angry with the wicked every day because of their sins. Lust after people and things. Covetousness after what other people have, thinking that God cannot do it for you. So you covet it and you lust after it so much so you try to take what belongs to somebody else. All adultery really is, is your stealing somebody else for your gratification from somebody else who rightfully has that person in their lives. Adultery is a form of stealing. Fornication is a form of stealing. You're stealing that the purity of that woman or that man before you got married, which is a form of adultery. Uh, you're taking away from what others could have beforehand, which oftentimes messes up marriages and causes people to get a divorce. Uh, 
Why? Because they have been defiled. And it messes with people. All sin messes with your mind and your psychology. Dishonoring of parents, hatred of parents, <clears throat> disrespecting your parents, disobeying your parents. It's no small thing in God's sight. It may be small in your sight, but not in God's sight. The betraying of your parents, turning away from your parents so that you can be accepted with demon-possessed people. Hatred of God, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain. When you tell a lie and you swear to God and you affirm to God about something you know is a lie. You, you care more for yourself and covering your behind than you care about God and respecting God and honoring God. Homosexuality is a sin against God no matter what the LGBTQ liars tell you. It is not only a sin, it is an abomination in God's sight. You say, what is an abomination? It's something very bad. Have you done that against God? Have you sinned against God? That makes you guilty and deserving of hell. One sin that you do not allow Jesus Christ to cover by believing in him will put you in hell. Why? Because God is perfectly holy. He cannot allow anybody into his heaven who has not believed in his son, Jesus Christ. And so where do you go when you die if you're not saved? Jesus Christ himself said repeatedly, you go to a burning, tormenting hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets in the Bible and all of the apostles in the Bible. He preached on hell more than he did about heaven. Why? Because he loves you. And he was providing a way for you to escape hell and not go to hell. That's why he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he gave up his only begotten son to be the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That's what John the Baptist said. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That means all of our sin. And all you have to do is believe in him. Nobody else and nothing else. Do not believe in church membership. Do not believe in singing in the choir. Do not believe in working in the church. Do not believe your faithful attendance to the church will save you. Do not believe in giving money to the church. And helping old ladies across the street or going down to the old folks home as we used to call it. None of that will save you. Only belief. Only belief in Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, that word whosoever means you. There's no word like whosoever in the English language. It means anybody at any time, red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in God's sight. God loves everybody. 
We may not love everybody because we're stupidly sinful and wicked. But God loves everybody, including you with your bad, evil self. I know you may have uh, feelings of inferiority because of your sin and all of that, and that's fine. I know you may feel like you're not worthy. You, that's true. That's a good feeling. You're a great candidate to get saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, Jesus Christ said. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Should not perish, that is perish in hell, but have everlasting life. So when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, several things happen. Number one, your sins will be forgiven, covered, and taken away. You will be acquitted not because you're not guilty, but because of what Jesus Christ did for you, the lawyer who never lost a case. Number two, you will be delivered from the prison house of hell. And number three, delivered when you die to a place called heaven, to be with God, to be with Jesus Christ, to be with the other saints of God, and to be with the angels in the most marvelous place in the universe. Did you see the pillars of creation? Now, it is it's something for the scientists to call it that. And one scientist was asked, uh, with, with these pillars of creation, you, you people, you scientists call it that. So the, 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 the secular reporter asked him, uh, hey, then, w w this right here, this beautiful thing we're looking at, that creates stars on its own, uh, should we believe in a higher power? Should we believe in God? You know what the scientist said? He said, uh, and this is rare for a scientist. Uh, he said, uh, uh, I believe it ought to make you think, uh, think about that. That's what he said. And, and that's what you need to think about. There's a God. You, you didn't come from some monkey, some, some little tadpole. Man, come on. No. You can't. God created you. And you messed up. We messed up. Our, our ancestors messed up with sin. Therefore making us sinners. We have a sinful nature, but we have chosen to sin as well. You can't blame them. Every time you lie, you choose to lie. And it's marked down in heaven. God knows everything. You may think Google knows everything about you, but, but God, God knows everything about you. God made Google. Uh, remember that now. Don't get all caught up in that. And all you need to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As you believe in your heart, pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to save your soul, and he will save you. So follow me in prayer, my beloved. If you want to be saved from the burning hell, and uh, saved to the, that beautiful place called heaven, way beyond the pillars of creation.
that's something God made that like he made other things that has the seed within itself and it continues to produce heaven is way past that beautiful thing and you don't want to miss heaven my dear friend so if you want to be saved to heaven and from hell follow me in the sinner's prayer repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart only pray it if you mean it only pray it if you're sincere and understand that tonight is not promised you tomorrow is not promised you the Bible says today is the day of salvation the Bible presses from the old from the Old Testament to the New Testament you must understand that today is the only day you really have it tomorrow is not promised you man that's 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 not promised you you don't you don't know if you're gonna make it to tomorrow many people thought they were they, they thought to uh, wait until another day to get saved and they died before that day and they're in hell today don't make that mistake this is real talk you're not going to hear this anywhere else and uh, for the most part so follow me in prayer the sinner's prayer holy father god i admit that i am a sinner i've committed uh, those sins or many of those sins that the preacher talked about for jesus christ's sake please have mercy and grace upon my soul and please forgive me of all of my sins my failures and my faults as I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son that you gave the Lord Jesus Christ who said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life Holy Father God I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ your son who suffered bled and died on the cross for all of my ugly and wicked sins was buried and rose on the third third day by your power Lord Jesus Christ please come into my heart and into my spirit to save my soul today <clears throat> fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins help me to change help me to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life Lord Jesus Christ for it is in your holy name I pray amen now dear friend of mine if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you prayed that prayer in sincerity may I say to you congratulations you are now a born-again Christian you have been saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven according to the Word of God I preached from today 
It's not my word, not my feelings, not your feelings that we need to focus on. Focus on the word of God. And uh, remember the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Read the word of God now that you're saved. And uh, go to gospellightsociety.com so that you can get your free book titled What to Do After I End, After You Enter Through the Door. Uh, Jesus Christ said, I am the door. You just entered in through that door by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if you read this book, uh, you will find the next steps for a young Christian as to what a young Christian ought to do to become a strong Christian disciple. Also, we are available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you have any questions, email us immediately. If you need prayer, you have an emergency situation, email us immediately. Also, let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you. Also, um, we have more materials available for you. You can go to Gospel Light Society Podcast right now. Just type that in or type in my name, Daniel White III Podcast. And uh, we have thousands of podcasts that I have done personally and some others have done on my team. And, uh, and uh, you can uh, take advantage of those. And if you listen to everyone, you will receive one of the greatest Bible college educations or seminary educations known to mankind uh, because... Uh, the material comes from my years of Bible college, uh, Christian college, and theological seminary training. And, uh, and so uh, you will grow, grow, grow if you listen uh, to those podcasts. I mean, dealing with prayer, dealing with Bible reading, dealing with like what we're getting ready to do right now, the scripture and the sense. That's an edu- that's a that's a seminary education by itself. Because it's we do the same thing that the great Dallas Theological Seminary does. We teach you the Bible, all sixty six books, little by little, here a little, there a little, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Uh, so, I mean, and it's free of charge. The education is free of charge, and it's the greatest education in the world uh, because the greatest education in the world is Bible education. That's right. I believe that if you just study the Bible alone, you'll be able to do quite well in life. Quite well. And better than many others. Anyway. Today, my beloved, we're reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 through 8.
some people think I ought to, including my wife, after preaching the gospel and the word of God nearly seven years, that I ought to quit. Nearly every day for seven years. That's what we're talking about. And uh, people don't understand when God calls a man to preach, that's what he had better do. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And with the day approaching, as it is approaching, we as preachers who are called by God need to preach more. And uh, some of you pastors, you need to preach every day to your flock, particularly during this time with plagues and wars and everything happening. You better preach while you got a chance. Dr. Tony Evans recently was out in Colorado. What was he doing? Preaching. Teaching, he put it all on me. He's doing things in a different fashion. But at plus 70 years old, he's still preaching every day. He's doing something for God. Dr. Charles Stanley said, There's no such thing as retirement. You preach the gospel until you die. He's over 90 years old, and he's still putting in 30 hours a week preaching the Word of God, ministering to people, praying for people. And so I'm calling upon every God-called preacher. I'm not calling upon you fake preachers because you're not going to do it. You're not going to be faithful. But every God-called preacher, I'm not calling any volunteers like Andy Stanley, either. All God-called preachers, I want to urge you to, to preach a devotional message every day. Do something, if nothing else. Preach every Wednesday. Don't put anybody else in your place to do that. You preach. Preach every Sunday. Your people want to hear you preach. God put you there. And they want to hear you. They don't want to hear your wife. Are you crazy? Have you lost your righteous mind if you ever had one? The people, even the women, don't want to hear your wife, man. Pastor. Nobody wants... Uh, the women want to hear their pastor. That's right. They don't want to hear your wife. They don't care anything about that. And you need to stop pumping her up. Trying to make people clap for her. When she does not deserve a clap. You clap for her. Keep her at home. And you clap for her. And make sure she takes care of your children. She needs to help you preach. The women don't want to hear her unless she, I mean, and particularly uh, if she's not going to teach them how to be a good wife and a good mother. And she wants to preach like you from the book of Obadiah. They don't need that. They need to hear the book of Obadiah from you. What they need to hear from her is be a good wife to your husband. And be a good mother. The Bible has a whole lot to say about that. Why we don't have women saying something about that. And if you're, if you're a woman. And you call yourself a preacher. If you don't preach on that. You're not preaching. You ain't, you're not doing anything. 
Even on Wednesday night, preacher, male preacher, nobody wants to hear your wife, man. They want to hear from you. And, and, and they really don't want to hear from a whole bunch of other men. They want to hear from you. It's not, this is not a vaudeville. You bring in people to keep people interested. You preach the word of God. If they're not interested in that, you don't have a church in the first place. Jack, Dr. John McNeil uh, taught the world about that. You just preach the word and you be faithful and you be there and you preach the word of God. And the saved people will come. The lost people, uh, uh, you know, the crowd that killed Jesus, they're not going to come. Anyway, all God called preachers ought to be preaching every day now. I've done it for seven years, nearly seven years, by the grace of God. You can do it. And when I see a hundred and seventy preachers do it, I may I may sit down and and rest a while. Because see what will happen to you, preacher. It will cause you to distance yourself from the world and hate the world, like Jesus, like the Bible says, and love not the world, but love them with God's love to witness to them and preach to them, the people. And it will energize you more to serve God. Just as much as you were blessed at the hearts of people, it will be a blessing to your heart. You need it. You need to serve God every day like that. Anyway, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. Holy Father God, we thank you for your holy word. By the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls, and spirits, and help us to understand your holy word, to love it more, to cherish it more, to obey it more, and to apply it to our lives more. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray, and to witness more, and to preach the gospel more, in Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it. With the help of the Holy Ghost and the BKC of Dallas Theological Seminary. Edited by Dr. Walvert and Dr. Zuck. It is no surprise that King Herod was disturbed when the Magi came to Jerusalem. Looking for the one who had been born king, Herod was not the rightful king from the line of David. In fact, he was not even a descendant of Jacob, but was descended from Esau, and thus was an Edomite. He reigned over Palestine from 37 B.C. to 4 B.C. This fact caused most of the Jews to hate him and never truly to accept him as king even though he did much for the country. If someone had been rightfully born king, then Herod's job was in jeopardy. He therefore called the Jewish scholars together and inquired where the Christ was to be born. Interestingly, Herod connected the one born king of the Jews with the Christ the Messiah. Obviously Israel had a messianic hope and believed that the Messiah would be born. The answer to Herod's question was simple because Micah the prophet had given the precise location centuries before. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. This answer from the people's chief priests and teachers of the law was apparently carried back to the Magi by Herod himself. Then Herod asked them when they had first seen their star. This became critical later in the account. It showed that Herod was already contemplating a plan to get rid of this young king. He also instructed the Magi to return and tell him the location of this king so that he might come and worship him. That was not, however, what he had in mind. In fact, he wanted to kill the little child Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Savior, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day, and who is now sitting at your right hand. Lord Jesus Christ, we give you the glory, praise, and honor as well. Help us, Lord, to be good disciples, good followers, 
of you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Please remember to read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, each and every day of your life and pray without ceasing to God about everything and for wisdom to understand His Word and apply it to your life. Most importantly, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou, you, shalt be saved. Please stay tuned for a complete presentation of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can get your soul saved from hell to that wonderful place called heaven when you die. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Now, dear friends, if you're with us today and you do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him, Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation from sin and hell. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God. We're all guilty before God. You do not have the right to look down your nose at others. You're just as wicked as others. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin always. You will be paid for your sins one day. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Our payday someday is death to these beautiful bodies, death to so many things before you die, death to marriages, death to relationships, uh, death to material things. You will experience a thousand deaths before you die because of sin. But ultimately you will die physically. Your body will be put in a cold, dark grave. And that ought to be frightening because it is frightening. But more frightening is that your soul, if it dies without Christ, will go to a burning hell to spend eternity in a dark place, even though there's fire. You say, Preacher, I don't believe that a loving God would put people in the hell where Jesus Christ the loving and lowly one preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ, the loving one and the lowly one, preached more on hell than any prophet in the Bible. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Also, the Bible says in Revelation 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Whatever you do, don't experience the second death because it's bad news. Hell is bad news, but I have good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again on the third day, and he said these words to you. 
before he left here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Pray and ask Jesus Christ to save your soul and to come into your heart and change your life. He will do it. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again. And you're ready to trust him as your savior. Pray and ask him to save you, and he will. I'll be glad to lead you in prayer in what is called the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner, and that I have done evil in your sight. I am guilty because I have broken your Ten Commandments, your law. I've taken your holy name in vain. I've dishonored and disobeyed and disrespected my own parents. I have lied many times before. I have lusted after people and things and what others have. I've stolen things before. Uh, so Lord, that's five to six commandments I've already broken out of your Ten Commandments. And so please have mercy and grace upon me. For your Holy Son's sake, Jesus Christ, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way that I know how. In the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered and he bled and he died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose again. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins past and help me to turn from my evil ways. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you, dear friend, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my pamphlet titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved 
and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email me at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good until next time. Now, I may be traveling here over the next few days, and uh, but I will resume preaching as soon as I get back. And I will do some preaching while I'm on the road. So thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. And we will continue to pray for you. God bless you. Until next time.